Hey everybody, welcome to Manufacturing Matters, a new episode where we cover the manufacturing technology that's important to you. We're broadcasting live from Detroit, where A3 is hosting the Automate Conference here at one of the biggest expos in North America related to automation robotics, machine vision, artificial intelligence, and all the technologies that go into making automation so important. I'm here with Dan Broyhan with ACE Automation Controls and Engineering. Yep. Dan, tell me a little bit. Uh, first of all, how's the show been? How's the week been? Show's been really, really good. Uh, we see a lot of traffic this year. Uh, a lot of people coming out that are brand new to automation. Right. So it's been really phenomenal. That's good, because Lord knows we need a whole lot more people in this industry. That's for good. I know the Career Center in the back has been an important part. So um, hopefully, and I've seen a lot of kids going around this year, not just your college types, but high schools, younger kids. Oh, boy. Yeah. And that's nice. I, I bet you've probably got a few open spots right now over at ACE. We're always looking for good people. In fact, we're expanding. So yeah, we're going to be moving shortly. Uh, we've been moving from Dexter to Howell. Absolutely. So, uh, we're much gonna, bigger building. Much right. building, yeah, absolutely. Three times the size. We're going for, from 30,000 square feet to 100,000 square foot building, which will give us about a quarter million square feet under roof. Wow. Wow. All right. So I know ACE as one of the lead integrators in the business, but tell us a little bit more if you could. Yeah, well, we do, uh, we're general assembly, but we specialize in assembly systems, material handling, machine load. Uh, we've been really fo fortunate with the fact we have a lot of customers out there that are looking for manual load replacement right so there's cnc companies out there that are looking for um operators mm -hmm. they want to buy a machine doesn't make any sense because they don't have operators right we've got some standard products that we can put in, this, in front of the machine that actually automatically loads the systems in and right. also unloads we can do inspection and everything else so a lot of machine tending primarily in metal or you also do some flexion, uh, plastic injection plastic injection we do it all basically anything that needs to be loaded unloaded if it can be done with a, a human hand right we can do it robotically primarily at the work cell level or also doing some line building we'll do line building as well so yeah work cell line building uh, we used to specialize really in the in the work cell right but lately we've been getting into the larger lines uh, we focused on half million to a million dollar systems right now we're really focused on the five million to ten million dollar jobs beautiful yeah. so uh, I want to start with the high level discussion about what trends we're seeing one of my favorite things about speaking with integrators and line builders is that you guys are a nexus. All the different technologies, you bring them all together. You tend to be agnostic, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got a real good idea about who's hot, who's really performing well at the same. And at the same time, you've got your finger on the pulse of the industries that have the highest demand right yeah. now. So lay out for us a couple of the key trends that you're seeing. The big trends we're seeing right now are companies that have never automated before. So we're talking about the typical manual operations. Uh -huh. We've had air conditioning companies coming in. We've had pool heater company coming com coming in. Yeah. Where typically you're Workforce is in their 30s, 40s. Right. Well, now they're 50s, 60s, and they're retiring, and they're not being replaced. Right. So now they got to automate. And they're coming in and recognizing the fact that if they don't automate, they're going to evaporate. Years ago, FANUC is a good partner of ours. Uh-huh. Rick, Rick Schneider, the form, former president, said that you either innovate or you evaporate. Yeah. I'm saying you automate or evaporate. Right. Right now, I'll say if you're not automating... You're going to be out of business in five to 10 years. Easy. Because you won't have the workforce. Right. The workforce is going to be so expensive that you're not going to be able to produce your product. Now, I, you know, a lot of people point to COVID in terms of labor shortages, but we all know about the great retirement, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it seems like it's a double whammy. It wasn't just that we all had to go into a different way of business and kind of slow down for a couple mm -hmm. of years. But at the same time, a lot of folks who were the baby boomers decided, you know, this is a good time to expel. Yeah. You know? 
So um, I think what I'm hearing from you is that we can, this trend is not going to snap back. It's not like it's going to suddenly slow down. And it, um, we can expect as the baby boomers continue to retire those folks in their 50s and, and even 60s, who are, by the way, taking a whole heck of a lot of knowledge with them right. about operations and how uh, you know automation can help level that playing field a little bit, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so so that trend in terms of labor shortages and workforce isn't going away anytime soon. No, in fact, I think it's getting worse. Because gotcha. manufacturing is increasing, Yeah. but if you, if you don't have labor force, mm -hmm. you can't increase your manufacturing. The demand is there. That's for sure. So now we need automation, we need systems, we need some innovation coming. And the other trend is, is nobody wants to do those dirty, dingy, dangerous jobs anymore. Right. The mundane stuff. Right. People want tech. People want excitement. They're coming to work to do something to make a difference. And that's what the new generations are looking for. Mm -hmm. Well, in the automation group, we can offer that to them. It's all high tech now. We're getting into AI. We're getting into a lot of different vision systems. We're getting into robotics. We, we are the, one of the leaders in the FANUC uh, robot line mm -hmm. where we're selling for our size company. The number of robots we're selling every year is just increasing. We're probably doubling what we did last year. We're probably going to double that again next year. You know, and it is just really actually cool. not just good for in terms of automation when it delivers to your companies and the, and the manufacturing industry at large, mm -hmm. but the people who do remain, the new generations who are coming up, I mean, these folks want to get paid. Yes. You know, so automation gives them a path towards getting, increasing their skill set mm -hmm. from the standard machine operator, CNC operator, lathe operator, something like that, to now monitoring multiple machines. Correct. You know, figuring out how to troubleshoot, integrate, integrate new routines, uh, ch handle changeover easier, faster, better. Correct. And the flexible automation is helping to make that possible. Absolutely. Lights out is coming. We're hearing more and more companies saying they want to minimize the number of people on the, on the, on the line, yep. if not eliminate them. And it's not a matter of eliminating jobs. And we know this. A3 has proven it many, many times yep. that when you put robots into, into, into your factory, you actually increase your productivity. You increase your throughput, you decrease your costs, and you can grow and you hire more people. So your net gain is positive. Exactly. Yes, the workforce actually expands as a result of automation. It's completely a fallacy that somehow that robots are coming in and replacing workers. Right. Because any company who's really adopting this technology wholeheartedly is growing at a rate that it's creating far more jobs than it's displacing. Absolutely. And making better jobs while they're at it. So that's cool. And that's key. So customer satisfaction is up. Yep. You get higher throughput. We talk about OEE. Right. Yeah. The operating efficiency of a of a, of a live equipment. Yeah. We're taking it from sometimes 75, 80 percent to 99 percent, 97 percent on average. And companies that are looking at this are saying, why wouldn't I automate? They're getting better throughput. They're getting better quality. They don't have to worry about people not showing up. Yeah. You know, healthcare costs are going up all the time. Yeah. And you're paying a lot of money even for temporary workers today where people can't. We have a customer right now. They're using office workers because they can't find people. So you, you're paying these office workers a tremendous amount of money to go out and do menial labor jobs. Right. They take no education. It's a startup job. And they're forcing these people to do that if they want to keep their jobs. Right. So yeah, that's they're losing people. Exactly. That's an unhappy workforce, especially yeah. when you're down to 3% or lower in unemployment. You know, I mean, especially North America. Yes. But that's also one of the nifty things about ACE, if mm -hmm. I understand correctly. You guys don't just work here in the United States, not even just North America, Canada, and the U.S. Correct. So... We were talking briefly earlier about some interesting trends you're seeing in Central America. Could yeah. you share that with our folks? Yeah, we're starting to see a lot more traffic from Mexican corporations looking for U.S. automation companies. Yeah. They have very few good automation companies in Mexico, so they're coming here. Right. 
they are having labor problems also, and also the quality issues. Yeah. So they're taking advantage of our know-how, our technology, having lines built up here, and then shipped down there. Fortunately, with ACE, we've got partners down in Mexico, where we basically bring the partners up during the final weeks of the integration, Yeah. and then use those guys for the installation and support later on. So we get a win-win. We don't have to have this tremendous cost to do the installation because we don't have people living down in Mexico yeah. for weeks on end to get the system up and running. Plus, you've got you've got you've trained folks who can go down there and train more operators. You know, yeah, right? so so you're helping to the, to scale both the human component as well as the the technical benefits here. Yeah. And, and training is key. When you take a, a labor force that's not used to automation, yeah, you've got to find some good people that know what they're doing and controls. Yes. Convert those into robot programmers and PLC programmers and things like that. Yeah. So that they can support the line when it goes down. The customers that go forward and really educate their, their labor force mm-hmm. are the ones that are successful all the time. The ones that don't embrace the technology and don't train their own people, yeah, they'll fail. Well, they're not going to innovate. Correct. That's for sure. Yep. Wouldn't it be so cool? I mean, you know, at some future point, you've got to think that some of these other Central American and even South American countries, once they can stabilize mm-hmm. a little bit, there's been so much turmoil down there. But I mean, think about the market demand. I mean, we were all talking about Brazil a lot, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years ago in terms of being, you know, the next <clears throat> a, a next great market. Um, are you guys playing down there in South America right now? We have. Unfortunately, there's a lot of taxes that are in, in, involved. So sure. import taxes and whatnot, there's a lot of restrictions. So we pulled yeah. away. We were, we were working with Ford. Now Ford is no longer in Brazil. Yeah. So that was one of the areas that we played. But Case in point. Yeah. Now we're, we're looking at, uh, at our partners with Mexico. I yeah. mean, they're a little closer. They know our, our North American uh, trends, our U.S. trends and what we do. Right. And they're familiar with us. Awesome. It works out well. Awesome. So <clears throat> ACE is moving to a new facility. You guys are obviously making a lot of changes. I mean, the last couple of years have been gangbusters for you, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, performing even above the curve, and the curve's been pretty high. Curve's been pretty high. COVID, we were very uh, busy. We did a lot of mask machines uh, right. for for obviously obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, but we we actually delivered a cell, a system that was typically a, a forty week system. Mm-hmm. We got that delivered in eight and a half weeks. Holy holy smokes! We couldn't do it today because of the supply chain issues. Right. But back then, we basically told the company that we did the, the work for. If we can use our specs, yeah. use equipment that's on hand or readily available, right? We can build you the system. We designed and built the system on time and actually shipped it a half week early. So it's interesting. I think tomorrow I'm going to be uh, talking with Alex Chikaney and the new guy, Robert uh, McMurray, who are business intelligence folks here at A3. So we're going to hear some more about trends and markets. But supply chain is still an issue. It's getting better, but yes, it's still an issue. And I don't think we're going to fully recover because, again, they had labor shortages as well. Sure. So even the logistics part of it. FedEx and UPS, they yeah. can't find drivers. Yeah. They have to charge more because they're paying their people more because they're working more overtime. It's all, it, it's a snowball effect, right? Right, right? So people don't believe in trickle down. I would tell them to go through a recession one time. <laughs> <laughs> what about the microchip situation specifically? We're not hearing a whole lot right now. We know okay. that the automotive is affected by it, but yeah. um, we're affected by it a little bit through PLCs and other you know mm-hmm. different components. But I think... What I heard is the automotive doesn't pay enough, so they don't get the primary contracts. Sure. The entertainment industry does, so right. people like Xbox and whatnot will get the first dibs. So. But then you have the, the automation controls uh, issues and like uh, vision systems and whatnot. So they probably pay a premium for their chips. So we don't see it too much. Right well, now. as long as you've got enough supply to keep the world turning. So I guess right now, right? I'm, yeah. What, what, um, 
Can you give us some insight to where we're at in lead times? We talked about you know the ability to do a 40 week and an eight week time frame, which of course is amazing and not going to happen every time. That's for right. sure. But but what are we looking at right now? And I know you're getting into bigger and bigger lines too, so it's kind right. of like a a, a multi prong question. But we. Depending on the level of complexity and design and everything else, yeah. we can get systems out in about 25 to 30 weeks. Okay. Smaller systems. Sure. The bigger systems, we were quoting at 38 to 40. Uh-huh. We're now at 40, 42, depending on components. And we also are very upfront with our customers, letting them know sure. that if we have problems, we identify the long lead items right up front. Right. And we give them the list and we ask our customers, especially the larger OEMs, if they can help us. And if they can't, then they understand that they've done everything they could. We've done everything we could yeah. to deliver the system. We're going to do everything we can. So the shadow of the pending recession hasn't really hit, at least ACE. I don't think point. we've seen the different economists talking. And yeah. they're saying, yes, there may be a general recession for the retail environment to them. But automation, because of that uh, force fact, multiplier. That force multiplier, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We are looking at actually growing during what could be a recessionary period. It won't be the first time that's happened. No. My last two decades of being in the industry. It's been a pretty much a recession proof for the most part. I mean, I don't remember the last time we took a dip. I mean, we might flatline for six months, uh-huh. you know, but generally it's been just positive growth for uh, literally probably going on 15, 20 years. Oh, I agree. I agree. And the multiplying, there's a multiplicative effect right now with the fact that we don't have the labor, we don't have um, actually willing participants to be in this business right now as yeah. far as. The, the manual labor uh, business. Yeah. You know, there's kids nowadays, everybody's going to college. They don't want to come out and, and make $15 an hour. You're making $16 an hour at McDonald's. <laughs> Straight right? Up. Yeah. And so they're coming out, they're expecting a forty fifty thousand sixty thousand dollar $60,000 paycheck. Yeah. You're not going to do that putting screws in on a line. Right, or or even welding. I mean, there's just such a dearth of welders that's coming up. I heard someone the other day say like 200,000 unfilled welding positions. Yes. I mean, talk about works. I mean, that's obviously a huge market opportunity because we see a lot of robotic welding. We always have, but now we're getting much more advanced with uh, including a light industrial cobots, you know, depending on within their flexibility. Yep. And the reshoring is still going on yeah. from China. So a lot of the products that were built in China, especially the more complex product, mm-hmm. they're coming back here. And companies are saying we need automation because they, don't, they know they don't have enough people to fill those positions. There's a uh, sporting goods uh, manufacturer. They, they make uh, football helmets. Mm-hmm. They basically are trying to start up a company down south. Yeah. They can't. They need 300 employees. They did a call through even the news, the local news. Yeah. They got 100. Wow. That's it. They and that's up. South U.S. we're talking. Southern U.S. Yeah. I won't give the name right now. We're still working with them. But, of course. Uh, there's a great opportunity for them to, to put robots and start out fresh and making these high-end helmets with robots. Bye. All right, Dan, so we're coming close to an end here. So if I could, and I can't think of a better environment to ask this question, but, and you mentioned AI earlier in terms of something that might be integrated. So I wanted to ask you, what are you most excited about that you're seeing on the show floor? But I would love to get an integrator's perspective, true, about AI's true capability, you know, and, and how it's being deployed right now. So I, maybe that fits into your answer, maybe it doesn't. Absolutely. It does. Uh, AI is still early. I talked to several people that were coming over and they were talking to us as an integrator about AI, especially mm-hmm. in division uh, systems. I've been in the vision world for a long time. Yes. Deep learning has been a buzzword for the last 10, uh, five, 10 years. Yep. 
it's now coming to reality because I think the computing power is there. Mm -hmm. Also, the algorithms are getting better. Yeah. The only thing that we have to always watch out for is what is the need for AI? When do you overuse that that system? Yeah. When do you really need it? Also, everybody has to understand there is a cost to implementing the AI because you have to teach the system the basics first. Yeah. Before it can start learning. Yes. And it's talking again. Yeah. Then there's a lot of repetitive defect identifications and things like that in the vision systems. We were just talking to, you mentioned welding. Yep. There's a company out here that we, uh, I know one of the uh, gentlemen that's working there, software engineer, they're using AI to create weld paths. Mm -hmm. So intuitively going in, you don't have to be a precision welder because we do have the welding shortage. Yep. Just touch off some points, give it the weld parameters, and then let it go. And you may have to run it a few times, right? but it learns by being corrected every single time. So the AI is the future. Yeah. Still early. We're not talking about iRobot yet, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> but in the, I think that it will be the end game uh, for the automation world. And I think there's a more, uh, uh, there's finally a recognition. In, I think there's always been amongst the insiders, right? But most of these solutions today are hybrid solutions. Yeah. Right, you're going to be using traditional systems, just like we're still using traditional fixtures, even with our robotic solutions mm -hmm. in many cases, it's just more efficient. But the same thing in machine vision can be said too, right? Traditional rules-based machine vision is along with deep learning. That's usually going to be, you know, the best solution if DL has anything to offer at all. Absolutely. I totally agree. Like I said, it is the future. We're learning. I think everything is being evaluated right now. Right. I remember this when robotics first started. Everybody used way too many robots. They over-automated. Yeah. And they lost money. Right. I have a feeling the same thing is going to happen with the new bandwagon that everybody's jumping on with AI. It'll settle down and then it'll become real. Yeah, I know a lot of people got burned. I know back in the, not even probably four or five years ago, I would talk with integrators and they'd be like, you know, they were more interested in trying to build a work so that they could kind of multiply, right? And sell yeah. that over and over, especially oh, yeah. for smaller integrators, not, not anyone as big as Ace. But, and, and they got burned hard by AI, you mm -hmm. know? So there was a, some real reticence to get back into that bandwagon. But um, as you walk away around the show floor now and you'd see, you know, companies like Beckoff and other that are actually including AI into some of their, uh, like uh, the X-Planner system, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of just mapping out levitating systems for adaptive manufacturing. So, I, you know, that's, it, when the industry starts eating its own cooking, you know, uh, then then you know something's really going to have an impact. And yes. that's what I'm really seeing most impressed this year. So totally agree. Dan, I can't thank you enough for taking a couple of minutes out of your day. Um, I know you've probably got another 50 customers lined up waiting for you over at the booth. It's been busy. That's for sure. That's Dan, good. Thanks for coming. I always love seeing thanks, you. Yeah. Thanks. All right. So until our next episode of Manufacturing Matters, please be sure to like us. Enjoy your uh, our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. You can catch our older episodes at manufacturing-miters.com. If you want to be on the show, feel free to reach out to that way. And until next time, remember that in the U.S. and around the world, manufacturing still matters. <laughs>